together? No, you're recording. <laughs> All right. All right. <coughs> oh, Jesus. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Friends Till the End, your helpful episode-by-episode guide to the wonderful world of that classic, the most classic of all of those American sitcoms, the 1990s into the 2000s, Friends. And joining me on this adventure is my jolly good chum, Elizabeth. Hey, Elizabeth, how's it going? Good, Michael, how are you? I am doing great. Before we jump into today's episode, Elizabeth, we have to address something that we missed on our last episode, <gasps> the one with the butt. Um, it seems... Only six episodes in and we already forgot our classic feature that all our fans love of Would You. Um, We didn't play Would You. When it came to the woman that Chandler was dating, you know, she had multiple partners and she was using Chandler as a bit of a fling. We didn't play it and our fans were up in arms. So just very quickly, (laughs) I need you to ask me if I would for Aurora, played by Sophia Milos. Michael, would you? Yes. Okay, so we can move on. We can move on uh, and look at today's episode which is Season 1, Episode 7, The One with the Blackout. This was first aired on NBC November 3rd, 1994, and it drew... Well, let's let's make a game out of this, Elizabeth, as well. Let's let's do a little higher or lower game. The last episode, The One with the Butt, drew 18.2 million viewers. Mm. Do you think The One with the Blackout drew higher or lower than that? Higher. Higher? You're right, 23.5 million, a big jump. Wow, that's huge. Uh, A big jump, and I think probably the reason for this, um, I think there was probably a lot of, like, extra advertising and gimmicking going around behind this, because this was um, what NBC were billing as Blackout Night. Oh, okay. Um, So this was part of, like, their must-see TV lineup, which I think was on Thursdays. Okay. In which, basically... All of their all of their sitcoms that they were airing on a Thursday night were set within New York, so they actually wrote it in where a blackout was a part of every episode. Clever. Yeah, it is clever, and it's a good idea. Except, except, except. Except this episode was. Well, oh, well, hang on. We'll we'll get to that in just a minute. But well, it wasn't such a big success because there were three shows that made up um, the NBC Blackout Night. Okay, so the first one was Mad About You, which aired before Friends. And actually, the actions of one of their characters causes the blackout in New York City. Oh. So there's a fun little fact. And then, obviously, that leads to the events that happen in Friends. The third show on NBC's, uh, NBC's must-see TV was Seinfeld, mm-hmm. who the creators of which flat-out refused to take part in such a gimmick. So there was no blackout in Seinfeld in their episodes. So. So pretentious, why not? I don't know, because, you know, Larry David is an auteur and he doesn't want to fall into these Mm. stupid little network gimmick things, I think. Fine. So, yeah, their Blackout Night reached to two of their their shows. But Mm -hmm. anyway, yes, Blackout Night, this was NBC, so I think they probably built it, which probably brought in a little bit more intrigue and probably brought in those extra five million viewers. Yeah. So, we open, as as we have done, I think, for most of our episodes in Central Park. Mm-hmm. And something interesting about this one, we've got Phoebe. Yeah, she sings and plays the guitar. She's about to give a performance. She gets introduced by Rachel. Yeah, but I didn't know she did that. No, it hasn't this been addressed. First... This is the yeah. first time. You know, she's up there. She's about to perform. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've ever seen a musical side to her before. No. And she's about to sing. And she's about to sing a song about that moment when you finally just get what it's all about. And, you know... Sadly, we never get to hear that, what I'm sure is a tour de force, as the blackout kicks in. I would have really liked to know. I know. I would have really liked to as well. Did you notice anything else um, interesting about 
that scene in Central Perk, that pre-credit part in Central Perk? No. Okay. It was the first time I could tell the gang, they weren't at their table. They weren't well, on no, the couch. Well, no, it was set up differently. There was chairs set up. Ah, there was people at that couch, on that couch, though. Oh, there were. I yeah, yeah, there that. was like a like a, a couple of elderly people sitting on that couch. Oh, they probably gave their, their seats up <laughs> oh, to some you think? nice... Yeah, to a nice elderly couple that needed the comfort of those cozy chairs. Maybe, maybe. So, yeah, we were robbed in the opening moments of hearing Phoebe... Th- we were robbed in the opening moments of hearing Phoebe... We were robbed in the opening moments of hearing Phoebe... Phoebe. Phoebe sing. <laughs> but, Phoebe. And, uh, yeah, uh, uh, for a while I was worried that we were we were going to have to wait before we heard her musical talent. But we hear her singing later in the episode where she's doing a little riff about New York City having no power. Yeah, and, she's clever. And the milk is getting sour. Is she clever? Yeah. Or is she just sort of singing the first words that come into her head that happen to rhyme? Whatever. Either way, you're fine. Either way. Either way, her hair looked fantastic in this episode. <laughs> it was on point. That's funny. This yeah. is a this retrospective has really thrown up some interesting things. What do you mean? Well, you saying that Phoebe's on point hair. It was always Rachel who famously had the gray haircut. You know. No, she, I know, but Rachel in past cut. in past episodes, her hair has been kind of poofy, kind of mm. whatever. Like she hasn't combed it in a while. But this one, the curls were nicely done. Okay, good. It's like they actually spent a little more time on her, the makeup and hair people. Mm. We had a weird moment um, right as um, Phoebe was about to start singing um, because uh, my knowledge of the episode, I knew that before she sings, the lights go out and mm-hmm. then she does that funny thing of, oh, thank you, everybody, and then everybody gets a good laugh. But right before the blackout could happen on screen, our, our Netflix blacked out. That was weird. It was weird. I almost thought it was like a gimmick. I almost thought like friends were in cahoots with Netflix where they could, <laughs> they would just cut it out and it would send you back to like the title screen. But Well, I'd like everyone to know that as soon as that happened, he looks at me and goes, what did you do? <laughs> I, wasn't even, I wasn't even near the remote. I wasn't even near it. You had the remote. Like I had you planned it from the beginning. Another thing that was a little bit different from the, the pre-credits as well is we kind of, it took place in, in two settings. Um, it didn't just happen in Central Perk, because after the, the lights went out in Central Perk, we cut to Chandler, who... Mm-hmm. You understand? Well, I do, because I know what you're saying, because okay. that's what he said. So yeah, anyway, Chandler was in like a little ATM part of the bank, and the lights go out, and he gets trapped in there, and at first he's really, really annoyed, but then he turns around, and who should, she, who should he see out the corner of his eye that he's trapped in there with? It is, of course, Victoria's Secret model, Jill Goodacre. Hmm. Do you know who that is? Nope. Me neither. I did a bit of research. She was obviously riding high because 1994 was also the year that she married Harry Connick Jr., hmm. who is her husband to this day. So I just thought they had hired a, a pretty girl. I look, oh, she's a model in the show, but I didn't realize she was in real life, you know? Yeah, this might be the first example, uh, and, and certainly not the last example, of friends um, hiring people from real life and appearing like dropping in and doing in real person cameos in the show yeah they do it a couple more times obviously they reference george stephanopoulos a couple of episodes ago although he never appeared in the episode but right. um mm-hmm. there there are some more people that make appearances as themselves as we go along Ooh. so yeah something to look out for so that kind of sets it up new york plunged into darkness chandler stuck in a small booth with an attractive lady oh the madness that could ensue right you know there's something about those cutaways that really bothered me because I thought it was great that they did it mostly through what Chandler was thinking. Mm. And so they had to use a lot of facial expressions mm-hmm. and it was, you know, those silences where you realize that he's not saying this out loud. It's just in his mind. But 
when he said something towards the beginning like, it's been 14 and a half minutes and you haven't said anything. I'm thinking to myself, really? Like neither of them, not even her would have been like, well, this sucks or anything for almost 15 minutes? Well, he's cripplingly shy. We see how nervous he is around sure, women. Sure, yeah, but I mean that she wouldn't just be like, oh man. Well, of course, it was, if it was done today, and you know, I was trying to relate to myself in that position because I'm not the most forward and open guy. I'm not always one that's going to strike up a conversation just because, um, you know, that's not really my my MO. That's not what I really like to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if I was plunged into that situation back in 1994, I probably would have tried to make the most of it and chat with them a wee bit. Obviously, nowadays, yeah. I just stick my headphones in, listen to a podcast and <laughs> ignore them completely. But, I guess um, so. Yeah. I was just kind of surprised that neither of them had a phone or anything. Well, well she did she, have a phone. Yeah, but not a phone that she could play games on or whatever and completely ignore oh, him. Come like on. people would these days. Yeah, these days. These bloody, days. These bloody. You know what, Elizabeth? It seems like the more that technology brings us together, it actually forces us further apart. I would agree with that statement. Oh my goodness. Okay. So yeah, Chandler is trapped in there, um, and you mentioned the inner monologue because a lot of a lot of his stuff because he doesn't speak to her until towards the end of the episode so you get a lot of his inner monologue Mm -hmm. which I actually really enjoyed I thought it was it was kind of awesome and I think it was Chandler was the perfect character to do that with because he is that kind of he has that right balance of like self-deprecating almost like self-loathing but he he's still really like he he's the sharpest one I think you know he kind of has the razor wit the razor sharp wit of the gang so I really appreciate like I don't think it would have worked God, God forbid we were trapped inside Phoebe's mind. Oh, in I thought you were going to say Ross. Well, that would be even worse, oh, actually. Oh, God. Well, we don't need to be inside his mind, because he just says everything he, he thinks anyway. He just kind of mumbles and pauses and stutters. And Look, if we were inside Phoebe's mind, it would probably just be really happy. Oh, God, it would be insufferable. I feel like we would hear the sound of butterflies' wings flapping. <laughs> And sunshine on, on rivers that are flowing over babbling brooks of glistening oh, rocks. Wouldn't that be nice? Oh, it'd be so good. Oh, my God. Um, so, yeah, we, we we kind of rely on his inner monologue, which is good. And I think it kind of shows... Um, he has to kind of show his skills as a more of a physical um, comedic performer in this episode. Yes. You know, it's kind of his almost reacting to what he's thinking and kind of, you know, his nervousness and he's kind of flitting about. And, you know, later on, he's choking on chewing gum and stuff. I, I really appreciated that. I thought that was actually pretty good stuff. And not, not always yeah. something you associate with... With friends or Matthew Perry, but no, um, yeah, yeah, I agree. Good physical comedy, I, I enjoyed liked it. that. Yeah, I mean, well, no, I didn't. I didn't. I don't know. This episode was kind of hit or miss for me, and I liked. I liked the fact that he did have to rely so much on his body and his facial expressions, but I'm not sure. What is the other? What's the rest of the gang up to? So the rest of the gang are held up in Monica and Rachel's apartment. Mm-hmm. They've obviously made their way up there in the darkness, mm-hmm. avoided being attacked and beaten by, by violent looters, which I assume would happen in New York if ever the lights go out. So they managed to get there. As we Well, as we know, they're only 100 steps away from... Um, did, we, did they do that? Did yes, they, less yeah, okay. than 100. Yes, less than 100 <laughs> steps away. I couldn't... I don't know. I can't remember. Um, so yeah, they're 100, less than 100 steps away. So they re- retreat there. They light a shitload of candles. Uh, there, no one has that many candles. <laughs> Monica does. Real. Come on, Monica no, does. No, no. If she had that many candles, they would all be the same color or like the same type. I mean, they had so many candles. You think that's the, so? It's not so much the amount. Candles. It's not the amount of candles that bothers you. It's the fact that they're different ones. Like if they were all the same, you could believe that Monica yes. would have that many candles. Yes. Okay, so mm-hmm. uh, they really dropped the ball on that. No, one. honestly, maybe I thought that maybe Joey and Ross had brought some over, mm-hmm. and that's why there were so many. But I kept looking around and all the scenes we'd see inside the apartment, and I was thinking. There are so many candles. Like, the average person 
maybe has a box somewhere and like three smelly ones maybe maybe i mean if you're living on your own how many candles would you have in your home I have never owned or purchased a, a candle in my life until yes. I started living with you. So, yes. zero. Yeah, so zero. And and I just feel like Monica would have the same exact <laughs> kinds. Wouldn't she like different sizes and different smells, Elizabeth? Different. This is probably before scented candles. I don't know. Did they have scented candles in the 1990s? Yes. They did? You think? What is that? It's not the dark ages. I know, but like it, it feels like a new thing. No. No? All right. I don't think they had the wood wicks or all those fancy ones they have now, but... Okay, well, if any of our listeners know when scented candles became a a, a more popular thing, if you could uh, tweet at us, at FriendsPod, that would be fantastic. Another thing we need to figure out, because a a note that I made, and then I checked with you, and you said you didn't want to bring it up because you thought you were stupid, but Chandler (laughs) calls the apartment. Mm -hmm. Now, I can understand why he can make a call, because they're using a cell phone, which isn't connected to electricity, but... The landline phone lines work when when there's no electricity? Are we being really stupid here? I don't know. I thought I didn't want to say it because I didn't want everyone to think I was dumb. I suppose you don't plug it into a wall socket, or do you? Well back then, yeah, right? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Back just, then because they're not really cordless. Do they have cordless? Did they have a cordless phone? I don't know. Yeah, I think they did. But even still, would that work? I don't know. The phone line is different from the electricity line. I mean, I, I don't my know. Parents, when my parents had a landline, you definitely didn't need to... You, you have to plug in a cordless phone, but I think if it's not a cordless phone, it gets its power from... Jeez, I don't know. <laughs> uh, if, if you know, if you work for the tweet. phone company, yes, tweet at us at FriendsPod um, to clear this up because we're idiots, clearly. Yep. Um, goddamn millennials not knowing about landline phone lines. <laughs> Yes, we don't know these things, so no. we would appreciate that. But anyway, they're they're there at Monica and Rachel's. Chandler gives them a call to let them know that he's trapped in an ATM vestibule. 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 They're saying vestibule. 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 Which is a word I'm not familiar with. No. But I think Chandler like debates whether it's an annex or I don't know. Vestibule. Vestibule, apparently. Anyway. I'm going to use that tomorrow. And we get kind of acute insight into Joey and Chandler's relationship, I thought. Like, the close, like he tries to, like, mouth that, like, a secret code to mouth it, and Monica's not understanding it, so he says, put Joey on the phone, and Joey understands immediately, and then Joey mouths something back, and he's like, yeah, right, like, I didn't think of that. Oh, that's, like, guy talk. That's not guy talk, though. That's just, like... Well, that's, like, like, within their relationship. They're close. They can, like, they've got, like, this... I don't know this like secret language that they can communicate each yeah, other. Yeah, but with. I but I also think it's because they're both men that they that's why they can understand each okay. other. Oh, I thought that was nice. I thought that was quite sweet. That it was kind of the sweet. first sign that those guys are they're, they're jolly good friends. I you know they're they're close, but I'd say everyone on this show really has some issues with boundaries. Well, that leads us on. Well, that's important. What we're going to talk about next because mm-hmm. we do have raw. Well, they they begin with everyone kind of sharing the weirdest place where they've they've had sex everyone mm-hmm. talks about it and it's revealed that Rachel is a bit plain and a bit boring her and Barry haven't really had that passion and excitement in their life and then that leads to a more intimate discussion with Ross where she's just kind of opening up to him saying she's never had that passion in her life and then Ross giving her advice that I'm guessing most most of your your friends older brothers would give you at some point or other they would they predict that she has some passion in her life i mean that's a completely normal thing to say to your your sister's best friend right 
As they stare deep into your eyes. In the... Yeah, right. Unblinking. He's horrifying. What is he doing? <laughs> Why do people like Ross? I don't... What is he doing? How does she not get this? He's a lovable oaf. Oh, God. Oaf. Emphasis yeah. on the oaf. Oh. You're not... You're not He's swayed staring by his at charms. her, saying something like, I believe passion will come to you. Yeah, that's... Really? You think so? Come on. Yeah, well, oh, wake up. She's pretty oblivious, though. She's just kind of like, oh, what a nice thing to say. Thanks very much. All right. Yeah, and, she, and during she that... She basically tussles his hair and then walks away. Uh, and that whole time, Joey's just sitting adjacent <laughs> on the couch listening to them. And thankfully, the best line in the whole thing was him saying, it's never going to happen to Ross. Because mm-hmm. that's what I think all the time. And then, uh, yeah, he says that. Ross says, why not? And then Joey says, you've waited too long. Now you're in the friend zone. Which I think that might be the very first time that phrase was coined. To be in the friend zone. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I I think so. Maybe. I I think that might have been the first time that 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 thing was was coined. Hmm. There was a fun thing. We've we've got some followers on Twitter and there's people that we follow. I've kind of linked ourselves to a lot of the... um, different uh friends twitter accounts and there's a, a twitter account called friends facts and this is something that we can look out for one of the i don't know how legit this is and i don't know how deep their research is but they they posted one the other day where they said the word friends or friend is said in every single episode of friends so wow. that's something we gotta look I out believe for that do you yeah i i don't know i don't know so far i, I guess so but i mean they're always talking about I, I think if you count it along with boyfriends and girlfriends it it's probably right. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a common word. All right, well, let's look out for it anyway. Right. But certainly when Joey said you're in the friend zone, that's that's it right there. I so mean, again, it reminded thing. me of How I Met Your Mother. Mm-hmm. There's always these little pieces that remind me of that show. Well, yeah, but How I Met Your Mother got it from friends. Right, I know. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Got it. Okay. Borrowed it, maybe. Stole it. I don't know. One of those. Kind of took it to update it. Yes, maybe. okay. Um, Phoebe doesn't have an awful lot to do in this episode. She has... The tiniest slither of a subplot where she's upset that she is the last to know about things and she doesn't know about things. The first being that um, apparently Ross is planning a surprise party for Monica, which he isn't. That's just a, an excuse that, that Joey makes up. But then Phoebe gets really upset about it. Uh, and and all I could do was be like, well, I, I wouldn't involve... If Phoebe was in my group of friends, I wouldn't involve her in everything either. Why? Because she's a pain. Why is she she's a pain? A, she's she's just, so nice. She'll get you. I bet they do tell her things, but she just gets too distracted by a particularly nice, like rainbow or the way that the light is hitting a leaf or something. And and she I just, point those things in, out to you. It goes in lives. one ear and out the other with her. I, I, just, I just think it must be you're constantly repeating things to Phoebe. I just think it's too much. I I don't think you're right. I think you don't like her because I like her. <laughs> no, no, that's not true. That's not fair. I mm. I have, she's never been my favorite character, but. You never know. This retrospective might might win me over. I'm pretty sure that a couple episodes ago you said something along the lines of... She had the best line in the episode. No, no, like your love for her is making me appreciate her more. Something yeah, like that. She, yeah, she might still win me over. We'll see. When she finally gets a storyline in, in season four or five, we'll, we'll see if she wins me over. When does Ross go away? <laughs> never. They're not going to write him out, I'm afraid. Uh, I know because he has that pregnant ex-wife. They don't, yeah, they don't pull a Brian Dan Vanovitz from uh, Parks and Recreation and just write him out after two seasons. I'm afraid he's he's here to stay. Oh, boy. So anyway, they're in the apartment. Ross thinks that this is the perfect moment to tell Rachel how he feels. So they, he corners her 
out on the balcony she's just trying to gaze at the at the moon or the stars or whatever you do and then he comes out and in his turtleneck in his turtleneck yep turtleneck watch was all a go Ross was rocking a classic beige almost pinstripey uh, monstrosity very baggy not 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 being flattering to his figure at all but, well uh, I think they did it on purpose <laughs> oh shit no no I'll tell you why Throwing once shade. you get there no no I'll okay. tell you why okay fine tell me why when you get there okay. um, so he's about to tell uh, Rachel how he feels when Rachel gets distracted by a cat something I feel like you could relate to oh it was so cute it was fluffy and orange it was pretty cute and then it jumps down on Ross's back and Ross kind of freaks, freaks. out yeah well you and don't then, expect it Right, and then presumably the claws are digging in. And then another yeah. fun little bit of physical comedy, another good example of physical comedy in this episode. It cuts to inside the apartment where uh, Monica, Joey, and Phoebe are all having a night. good old sing-along on the guitar, but then behind <laughs> behind the window silently you can see Ross flailing about as this cat <laughs> is going to town. And you like that, eh? Yeah, I like that. Bit it. of physical comedy? Yeah, yeah pretty good. it was yeah. good. I thought it was good. Executed very well. That's the first time I really noticed the laugh track. Oh, really? In that moment. They yeah. really went for it there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were kind of putting that to be like, a, oh, this is a classic scene. Everyone loves it. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, they they have a cat. Ross is wanting to just throw it out onto the stairwell and like, get trampled to death by looters. But... Yeah. And Phoebe and Rachel want to go find its owners. So mm-hmm. they sit about in the apartment uh, building and knock on doors, basically, just mm-hmm. to try to find the owner. Where we get the first appearance of a man in a schlubby bathrobe. Yes. Disheveled hair, older gentleman. Did they say his name? Did they mention his name? No. Well, he is who goes on to become Mr. Heckles, who is the who must live directly below Monica and Rachel because he is always banging on the roof when they're making noise. We'll get to him in all good time, but that's a fun little first first appearance of him anyway. He claims the cat for himself. Says he's called Ba Buttons. <laughs> ba Buttons. That's his cat. They own a cat. Anyway, cat runs away. Rachel goes looking for a cat. Uh, and she does find the cat, but it's in the arms of, of a hunky Italian man. Paolo. Paolo, a man who could only be described as Tommy Wiseau from the room's hotter Italian brother. Oh, oh, hi, Rachel. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, hotter. I was like, no, yeah. that can't be him. They've got the same greasy hair. Oh, yeah, they do. Oh, hi, Ross. That was wonderfully done. Nice kitty. <laughs> anyway, so yes, uh, Paolo turns up. Rachel brings him round to introduce him to the gang. Very touchy-feely on his arm. Oh, God, she's... Like, her claws are Clawing at him. into him. The, yeah. the worst clawing we've seen in, in the whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> Even worse than Ross's attack by the cat. Yeah, she's very touchy on him. But then I was thinking about that as I noticed it, and I was thinking maybe that could be a cultural thing for... Italians. Maybe Italians are touchy with their friends and one another. Who knows? But, I don't know. But Paolo isn't being touchy. It's Rachel that's being touchy. Yes, to but maybe it's not unusual for him. Maybe that's right. just a, a typical thing for maybe a woman to do or just friends to do or mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I was just trying to rationalize it in my mind because I thought it was crazy. Well, how much he was like Yes. They've yeah. known each other for five seconds just because he's like a hunk. That's that passion. That Ross predicted, that passion. Do you have any questions <laughs> like, for me, Michael? Oh, I su- well, I suppose so, because, well, I mean, to jump ahead, um, the lights come on, they're, they're locking lips, so they are, there is something there. I think we're going to see Paolo again, so um, Elizabeth, with regards to Paolo, the, the greasy Italian, uh, Tommy Wiseau's hotter brother, would you? No. No? No. Why? 
This goes back to what I was talking about with Ross's sweater. This man's <laughs> shirt it? was painted on. What's wrong with that? And I noticed when Ross was like talking to Paolo, going a little bit head to head, I thought it was very well done by the costume designer of this because his he was so schlumpy and oh. Paolo was like tight and fit and you could see his like pectoral muscles oh, wow. bursting out of there. Yes, I thought that was a choice made on purpose. Really? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Good spot. But no, I wouldn't. Um, I don't know. I haven't really seen his face very clearly. So okay. if he's in it again, then... In the cold light of day, we shall perhaps review again. Yes, the cold light of day. Good, okay. Yeah, they were just going for it. Yeah, so well, you mentioned that scene where Ross is talking to him. Ross Ross goes up to Paulo. He kind of... Paulo doesn't speak English. This is obviously something that should be said. He doesn't speak any English. Ross tries to mm. basically warn him off. He's kind of like, oh, Rachel's my girl. I, I, I would appreciate it if you stay away. Uh, as a woman, would you appreciate this kind of invasion? Is Ross within of his rights? Of course not. No. No? No. They're friends. They're not friends. Mm-hmm. They're not anything more and he was just trying to scare him off basically he's feeling intimidated yeah yeah well that's because all of the girls are swooning over this man with i mean with yeah he's obviously furious because his hot sister who he fancies is like (laughs) preening over this italian guy well i mean american women and i i don't mean to stereotype but (laughs) we have a thing for accents oh what you hear an accent you're joking me (laughs) and it's sexy Alright. So, I think all of our female viewers right now hear you and they're like, I think he has an accent, maybe? But oh, it's hot, that's what it is. Alright. No, so I think that he's just jealous because he's, you know, hunky and built very nicely and has a, a thick Italian accent. Mm-hmm. So anyway, he tries to warn him off. Paolo yeah. doesn't understand. Um, Ross kind of picks up that he doesn't understand so then he takes the time to call him a crap weasel which is also unfair like that's he doesn't know Paolo he doesn't know who he is he's just nah, he's, he's just, just annoyed and resorting jealous. to child crap weasel though come on yeah that's a weird one that's who would have a... thought of that <laughs> crap um, weasel um uh, crap weasel you're a huge crap weasel <laughs> weasels are very resourceful animals I'll have you know so anyway yeah that that's kind of all wrapped up the lights they're the last candle burns out, so they're plunged into to darkness in the apartment, and they all do their Dracula laughs. And as Ross is, is stealing the attention, as he always does, saying, Oh, I've got the best laugh. Here we go. <laughs> oh, that was them? Yeah. Oh, I thought that was uh, I thought that was Chandler and... Uh, no, 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 no. no. Uh, this is in the apartment. So yeah, the lights go oh out. Oh, boy. And then Ross is like, I've got the best laugh. And as he's doing it, the lights come on, and Paolo and Rachel are passionately embracing... As a man, attractive man and attractive woman would do sometimes. And then They're not embracing, they're making out. They're making out, yes. They're in a passionate embrace. I guess. Okay. Anyway, so that, that kind of knocks Ross off his high horse. He's very upset. And mm-hmm. again, I have to say, you know, it's pitch black in that apartment and they're just going at it. They're just assuming that they, they grabbed the right person, you know. It could have been Well, Rachel. she never took his, her hands off him, so. <laughs> Fair enough, yeah. She was like, I'm not going to let go of him because as soon as those light goes out... Well, I mean, I'm sticking my tongue down. Well, no, throat. Monica and Phoebe were also like very keen yes, on him, that's true. so she's probably trying to. She's marking her territory. Yes, exactly. Okay, so yeah, that kind of puts an end to to that part of it. Anyway, back to Chandler in his uh, in his uh, vestibule, vestibule, vestibule with Jill Goodacre. Things don't go well. They don't speak for a little while. She offers him a piece of gum. He turns it down at first because it's not sugar free, and then in one of my favorite lines in the. 
in any Friends episode just about is, what's wrong with you? If Jill Goodacre offers you gum, you take it. If she offers you mangled animal carcass, you take it. Yeah, you laughed at that I thought one. it was pretty good. <laughs> that kind of got me going back. This, I almost think this is the, the, first episodes of Friend, the first episode of Friends I ever saw. I think that might be right. Really? Yeah, I think so. Wow. Based on that, anyway. That, for some reason, it on that one line, day and that, that's yeah, what it was. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So anyway, he has a change of heart. He says, on second thoughts, gum would be perfection. Um, so she offers him a piece of gum. He tries to blow a bubble, spits it out accidentally, tries to pop it back in, realizes it's somebody else's gum, uh, starts choking, and then she comes to his aid, performs a Heimlich maneuver, and the the ice is broken. They become good good pals. They try and whip those pens around their head. Uh, they're 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 having a, a gay old time in that vestibule. Yeah, I mean, what else are you supposed to do? They finally broke the ice and started mm-hmm. talking, so mm-hmm. you might as well play some games and just entertain yourself. Yep. I think it's a little weird that there was so many pieces of gum, it looked like, on that table. <laughs> yeah. Like, why wouldn't they be on the wall or on the floor or underneath the table? They were just, like, the right table. in a line. It it's looks just like New York. pieces. New York is gross, Elizabeth. You don't oh. understand. New York is a disgusting hellhole. You mean New York City or... All of just New York. in general. Yeah. Oh, all okay. Of New York. All I'm of just, it. Just, yeah. I mean, look, you've alienated so many of our listeners. I think it's only fair that I do as well. <laughs> just kidding. Um, we love you, New York, and hello to all of our listeners in Somalia, which uh, apparently we have a few of them, by the way. That's real cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. <laughs> Hi, everyone. So yeah, they they form a friendship. The lights come back on. She gives him a wee peck on the cheek. He's like, oh. And then he ends it, the button to end the episode is um, he kind of looks to the security camera and goes, oh, I'd really like a copy of this if, if you don't mind. And then, we're out. Wait a minute. What? We forgot something. Oh. In a transitional scene, yeah. we heard random voices singing the song. That is literally the first, and they do it once. And it's yeah. never, I don't think it's, it was like, I don't remember ever doo, happening. Doo, doo, or like, I yeah. something like, like, like everyone ooh. knows, in between scenes, they show like outside of the apartment and it's like, but yeah, there was humming along with it in this, in yeah. this episode, just for one part of it. I never noticed it again. Yeah. I don't know strange. if that's ever going to turn up. We'll have to listen for that. Yeah. Oh, it's been an episode of firsts. Phoebe singing, True. Paolo, Mr. Heckles, some random humming, like the Rembrandts <laughs> trying to get in on this blackout or something. Ah. Oh. Before we wrap up, something I wanted to something I wanted to address with you, Elizabeth. You you said you didn't enjoy this episode. No, it was just like it was all right. It was like hit or miss. This was the first. This was the first episode that we've watched where I felt, yeah, this is some of that magic. That's some of that Ooh, friends magic in yikes. this episode. Like the first few episodes, I've been like, oh, this is this is a, a slog. This is not that fun. But no, this this kind of captures some of that magic. I think it was that the the physical comedy, Chandler's inner monologue. Uh, Ross getting attacked by the cat. Like, I, I I liked it. It was different. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. different. But I, I don't know. This was kind of the first time that made me, in this watching of it, I, th- I thought, yeah, I can get behind this. I mean, you have an emotional attachment to this episode, though. Why? Because it's the first one you ever saw. Well, I think so. I don't know for sure. Well, I'm intrigued to keep going. Okay. And, and keep going we shall. Um, we do have a Twitter now set up. Elizabeth, that people can follow us on. We mentioned it already. You can follow us at FriendsPod. Uh, we would love to hear from you guys. Obviously, please don't send us spoilers because Elizabeth doesn't know what's coming up ahead. But if you want to share your favorite your favorite thoughts, but any feedback on the show, things you like, things you don't want to hear about as much, that would be great. Um, we need some theme music for the show. We're just using that probably illegal chunk of the Rembrandts. <laughs> um, so it'd be good to have 
some music to put in there when we get hit with the inevitable cease and desist from them. Uh, artwork for the show. So far, we've got a piddly little Photoshop thing that I put together. Uh, if you want to do a little bit of artwork, that'd be great too. Um, yeah, just send us a tweet. If, if you want to talk about things, friends, that would be absolutely fantastic. If you want to help the show, um, please subscribe on iTunes. Please leave a nice rating about it. You know, I don't want to be so presumptuous that I asked for a five-star rating but <gasps> you know if you go as far as that you know if you want to leave a little rating that will expose us to a wider audience and not to not to emotionally blackmail you guys but if we get a bigger audience we might start putting out two episodes a week because we got a lot of episodes to get through we too. and I don't know if we want to make Didn't this a four and a half year project yes, it's going to be four. like four and a half years <laughs> if we release it once a week so we might go to two times a week right now you can get us on a Thursday every Thursday but we might try and do two times a week uh, if we if we get that exposure and if if there's a demand for it so Mm -hmm. yeah here's hoping our next episode is going to be the one where nana dies twice they have a a tendency to throw in some spoilers in their in their episode titles yeah Uh, but you don't know who's nana or who that could be like a silly name for somebody yeah i guess i guess anyway i'm looking forward to that um don't look at the don't look at the viewing figures because that's going to be our high and low game for oh, the next no, episode. I don't even know where that is. Okay, good. All right, well, until then, thank you everyone for listening. We need something funny to end on. It's all on you, Elizabeth. Go on. Oh, wait, hold on. You want to sing a little Phoebe song? or? I don't know. You're putting me on the spot. I can't do it like that. Okay, bye everyone. <laughs>